cancel culture. CNN says it has cut ties with Kathy Griffin. If you do anything wrong in your life, duh, and I find out about it, I'm going to try to take everything away from you. ABC canceled its top primetime series, Roseanne, because of a racist tweet. There is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. Well, now the guy who posted the video online, Adam Smith, was fired by his employer. Yeah, this is what publicly shaming is. It's, it's basically taking someone's mistake, showing it publicly, and everybody piling on it. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Cancel, Cancel culture. culture. Welcome back to Canceled. My name is Rob Rosen. I'm the executive producer of Reasonable Doubt on Investigation Discovery and The Dead Files on the Travel Channel. Hey, I'm Desma Simon. I am the co-executive producer of Reasonable Doubt on Investigation Discovery, longtime television producer, and a huge fan of telling authentic stories. Okay. We're, we're here to talk about a really important topic and a timely topic today, but the sports fan in me is geeking out just a little bit because we have got the Michael Jordan of the WNBA, Cheryl Swoops, uh, who we're going to be talking to today. Swoops, another long three-pointer. Oh. She got it! Are you kidding me? She's the best player in the WNBA. Rob, I can't tell you how excited I am about this. Um, I had followed Cheryl Swoops' career. Uh, she was the first WNBA player signed to the league. And, um, you know, I even got memorabilia from her days. And so for her to for her to be a guest on this show um and our topic is cancel culture like it's it's twisted but i'm just i'm <laughs> i'm eager to get into it um she got into a little bit of a controversy so there is a nba freelance photographer who mostly works out of houston and and cheryl uh obviously was a hall of famer and a superstar with the houston comets and so she knew this guy his name's bill baptiste he's a freelance photographer and he posted a meme after Joe Biden, the day after Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as his running mate, that said Joe and his hoe. And um, she tweeted, um, I'm going to just read directly from the tweet. So this guy works for the NBA, but covers the Houston Rockets, has been around for a while, even worked for the Comets. It's amazing how people will smile on your face, but eventually their true colors will show. At NBA and Houston Rockets, he needs to go. So disrespectful. Bill Baptiste, shame on you. This is interesting. This is a gentleman who is a freelance photographer, has uh, been involved as a uh, photographer for the uh, NBA um, and WNBA for 30 years. He's a veteran. And that is an interesting um, meme to post, considering the where we are right now and coming up on an election year. Sure. Well, Cheryl's uh, post definitely got the attention of the NBA. He was immediately fired. Uh, he tried to apologize. It was not accepted. So, you know, I mean, basically she's the canceler in this case. I know she got a lot of pushback and a lot of like horrible texts that came back her way and a lot of horrible tweets. Um, but I'm interested to see uh, what was in her heart when she saw it, um, if she has any regrets about it, and um, when the line is, you know, and that's always the interesting thing that we grapple with, what is the line between free speech and when someone has crossed that line and just deserves to be fired, deserves to be canceled? 
Yeah, you know, and the other thing too, Rob, I'm I'm interested hearing um, her perspective as a black woman, you know, um, and what what was it exactly that triggered this? And then also too, the flip side of it is, she is a, I mean, she's a retired athlete, and typically, you know, there's this line where some people will speak up and some people won't, um, and there's a time and a place for everything. And here she is, she she stood up and she she was very loud about it. So I'm, I'm very curious to kind of talk to her about that too. Like what, what was the set, the sudden sense to take a stance on this? Yeah. All right. Well, here it is. Our conversation with WNBA hall of famer, Cheryl swoops. Tell tell us what happened, what you saw in your reaction when you saw it, when you saw the post. <laughs> um, first of all, I, I was, I was pissed um, for several reasons, but, but let me, let me tell the real story because the real story has not been told. I, I, I'm on social media, right. But I'm not like that active where I'm going live all the time and posting all the time and tweeting all the time. Usually I'm just seeing what's going on with people I know and just what's going on in the world. This particular day, um, and let me rewind a little bit, because of my nonprofit, I, I do a lot, of, a lot more stuff on Facebook because that's for us older people, uh, Facebook is. So uh-huh. I was on Facebook posting, <laughs> posting some information about um, my nonprofit and my garden and things like that. And I came across this post from Maurice Taylor. I don't know if you guys remember him or not. Um, Maurice Taylor played for the Rockets and he had posted it. He posted um, the meme of what Bill Baptiste had posted. And he said, um, you know, I played for the Rockets years ago. Um, I personally know this guy. It's amazing how you think you know someone and then they show you their true colors. I then went to Bill's page um, because I wanted to screenshot it. So that's where I got it from. I went to his page, I screenshotted it. And then because I'm on his page, why not? Um, I just started kind of seeing, you know, is this a one-time thing or what else is going on in his page? And there was so much other stuff. I didn't screenshot it. I didn't comment on it, nothing. Um, Because I, I do believe that people have their rights to their opinion, right? Every single one of us do. Um, You have a right to feel the way you feel about anybody, anything. What I don't believe is you have a right, especially given your position and what you do and who you are and who you work for and who you cover. Um, You're working for the NBA. You're in the bubble. You're amongst 90% African-American men. And you feel the need to post something, and I will repeat it, Joe and the hoe. To me, that's unacceptable. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's unacceptable. And so when I went through and saw some of the other comments that he had made regarding Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, it was at that point, I was like, okay, so this is really him. This wasn't a one-time, you know, oh, this is funny, cute. This is really him. Um, so in that moment, I felt the need to call him out on it. 
This is the offensive image posted by photographer Bill Baptist. We're not going to read it for you, but you can clearly see for yourself. Former WNBA star and Houston Comet Cheryl Swoops criticized Baptist's post on her Facebook page, calling it disrespectful. And I also want to say this. I have never been the person, and I'm not that person, to ever want to see anybody lose a job period and especially in today's climate and economy that we're in everybody's struggling but i do believe you have to be held accountable times are different and obviously these are things that he's done before and he said before and he's been able to get away with it and i'm a black female and I've been through a lot of things in my life where I had to deal with a lot of things by myself because nobody was there to have my back. And I'm sure Kamala will never know about it. Um, Joe Biden will never know about it. And that's not why I did it. I did it because as a black woman in America, we get disrespected daily. And to me, to be able to post that and call him out and make sure the NBA saw it, the Rockets saw it, at that point, it really wasn't up to me what was going to happen. And everybody, and I have gotten so many ugly, hateful um, messages and DMs since then. But, you know, and everybody saying, you, you, how dare you? You're evil. You're a bitch. You're this and that. But there was some really ugly stuff um, that I will not repeat and said that you got this man fired. And I, I didn't reply to any of them. But my response to that, for, if anybody out there who sent those are listening his actions got him fired. I didn't get him fired. And to me, my, my initial thought was, you're, you're in the bubble and you're around all of these guys and probably their wives or, you know, and I know you've been around their moms. Um, so you're, you're calling this black woman a hoe which could very easily be any of these players' moms that you've probably been around and taken pictures of, that you're calling their mom that. And I have an issue with that. And, and, and I will say this, I have an issue with any man. It doesn't matter, black, white, brown, green. I have an issue with any man calling a woman a hoe. That's a problem with me. You know, uh, so, Cher, I, I just want to ask you this, because everything you were saying is, uh, you know, I'm, I agree with. I, I, I want to find out though, is did this really trigger you because of where we are? We're coming up on an election. You know, this is the first time we have an African-American woman who is, you know, you know, running for vice president or is at a vice president state? Like, is that what triggered it? You know, if this was any other time of the year or any other point in our lives, like would it, would it have the same importance as it does right now? Well, it, it's again, I've, I've always been the person that's going to speak out and, and stand up for women. If I feel we are being done wrong, being disrespected, um, it probably no doubt about it. It heightened it. Um, to me, you're talking about a historical moment, a historical moment in my lifetime in, in this and, and a crucial moment. Um, my, my, I have so, even today, I have so many thoughts going through my head, um, you know, because everybody wants to talk about her past and what she did and people coming on saying, well, yeah, she is. She slept her way to the top. Here's my response to that. I have a past. 
you have a past. You have, everybody has a past. <laughs> and if anybody out there says, well, I've never done anything in my past that I regret, you're, you're lying. Because I think we all have. The other part of that, though, is but people change. I gave everything I had for 20 some odd years to basketball, 17 years in the WNBA. I can't even get a job opportunity in the WNBA. Wow. That bothers, that bothers me. Cheryl, so why is that? Why, why is that? You're, you're the Michael Jordan of yeah, the WNBA. <laughs> We, we can talk about that. I, I say that because I want to make a point. To see someone as prominent as, as, as Kamala in the position she's in, I see me. I see you. Desma. I see all these little, and not just Black, because she represents, I think, Indian, uh, Asian maybe. But, and she's a woman, Right. So I see women in her and I am going to speak up and do what I feel like I can do as far as my part in, in, in helping people understand the significance of this. So that, that's like me going to apply for a job and the guy or the lady or whoever the employer says, well, Cheryl, I'm, I'm not going to hire you because you did X, Y and Z 20 years ago. My first thought's going to be, really? <laughs> like that was 20 years ago. I've changed. Things are different. So give me a shot. So it, it, it baffles me. It bothers me. It frustrates me that people want to constantly bring up her past. And, and I, honestly, I don't, I don't want to get into, you know, making it political. With, but if, if, if we want to talk about that and, and people want to bring that up, I mean, look at who's in the White House now. Let's talk about their past. I mean, do you know what I mean? Right, so it's, right. you can't have it both ways. It, it, it just, it can't be that way. So of course, with the election coming up, um, and, and not only that, just with, with the racial injustice and everything that's going on in this country, in this world daily, enough is enough. Cheryl, yeah. if, I, if, if I could ask you, um, you know, we do. We speak to a lot of people who have been canceled on the on this uh, podcast, and a lot of times, people talk about intent. They make a mistake, and they said, "Look, my intent wasn't bad. I just did something not dumb. It was a late night tweet." You looked at Bill Baptista's page. Did you feel, or do you feel in your heart, having looked at all of his uh, posts? I've never looked at his page. That there was intent behind his meme or do you think that in some twisted way he was trying to be funny or make a joke or uh, that he, you know, he apologized afterwards. Did you buy any of that? No. In a statement, Baptist says, quote, I deeply regret posting on my Facebook page a phrase that I saw and copied from others. The phrase I posted does not reflect my personal views at all. I sincerely apologize. It was a horrible mistake. So here, here's what I'll say. Um, I, I, I don't really know what his intent was. Maybe it was meant as a joke. Um, I didn't find the joke very funny. And you probably could speak to a lot of women who wouldn't find it funny and would find it offensive. Um, 
I know there were quite a few people who enjoyed it because of the ugly. One of the ugliest messages I got was, <laughs> can I say this on the podcast? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the ugliest, meanest messages I've ever gotten in my life. Um, and, and usually I see stuff and I'm like, all right, however, but this one actually hurt me because it brought up my kids and it just said, you're, you're not a mother. You're an ugly fucking bitch. (laughs) I hope you get cancer. I hope you get cancer sooner rather than later. But before you get it and die, I hope your kids get it and die so you can watch them. Oh my God. What what kind of a world are we living in where people just, you just sit, you sit around and you think about just how you can just hurt people with your words and like, and and that really hurt me because my mom passed away from cancer, but that's a whole nother story. But I was just like, wow. Um, Mm -hmm. But Rob, to to your your question, I'm, well, and by the way, I'm I sorry don't know we got what that. His intent was. Yeah, that's just. Good. I mean, that, 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 I, I mean, mean Desma and I talk about this all the time. The cruelty on social media, I, I don't know what it does that it brings people out. I mean, nobody would ever come up and say something like that to you, but there's somebody out there. Oh, no, I know right, they wouldn't. Right, but some sick yeah. person out there. I know they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, they can sit behind their phone or their computer and, and, and that gives you power, right? That makes you bold enough to say whatever's on your mind. But if I ran into you on the streets or in the store or somewhere, I promise you, you're not going to approach me like that. But so here, here's, here's how I feel about Bill. Um, like I said before, I, I personally had never had an issue with Bill from my playing days. And even when I retired, I saw Bill Baptiste um, at last year's All-Star Game in Chicago. Same Bill, fun, speaking, short conversation. But when I went through his page, I had a completely different um, perspective of, of who he is. And now I understand you're only doing your job when when you're pretending to to be somebody else because your true colors have really come out. And to me, I, I read his apology, heard his apology. Don't buy any of it because if you, you, he said this was a picture, a meme he saw on someone else's page and he just thought it was funny and wanted to share it. Um, well, I don't share stuff on my pages unless I feel the same way or I don't feel that way. Right. So I shared the meme of what you posted about Kamala, but I, but I make sure everyone knew this is not me. I don't agree with this. This is wrong. So if you didn't feel, and he said that those weren't his beliefs, if you didn't feel that way and you wanted to share it, you should have shared it and said, oh my goodness, can't believe someone would actually say this or post this, this is so wrong, but you didn't say that. And to me, a sign of guilt is after I posted it and I tagged the NBA and the Rockets in it, I went back to his page 
uh, about 10 minutes later and his page was deleted. So to me, if, if you're not guilty, there's no need in deleting your page. But I looked at that as, well, you're deleting your page because you know what else is on your page and you don't want anybody else to, to truly see your true colors. Cheryl, what was the pattern that you saw on his page? I just don't want people to sort of try to imagine it themselves, but was it a pattern of misogyny? Was it racial? What, what did you see? Um, hate. It was racial. Racial. It was racial. <laughs> um, and to be very honest with you, after I saw three different posts about Michelle Obama and Barack Obama and just more stuff about Kamala, um, I stopped looking because I didn't, I really didn't need to see anymore and I didn't want to see anymore. And it was, it was just, it was just hateful racist posts. And, and I can't even say it, it hurt me because Bill and I don't have that type of a relationship or a friendship. Um, I was just like, like this, this can't be. And, and (laughs) I know he's a freelance photographer I get that. I understand what that means. But I would think anybody who's a freelance photographer would love an opportunity to cover the NBA. So you're, you have a job covering a brand whose players put food on your table that the league is about 90% black. And I, and I just couldn't sit and not call him out on that. Yeah, it, it's interesting. There is, um, you know, the league is 90% black. And as far as uh, African-American um, photographers, there's even less than them. And so here he was, he actually was mm-hmm. in a position um, that a lot of people don't get, you know, and to be able to build these these relationships um, with these players. It, it's interesting that he took, he decided to take that approach. My question for you, Cheryl, is you, but you took it a step further, right? You know, you, you didn't just post it. Didn't you, did you contact the, the Houston Rockets or uh, the NBA um, to also put this on their radar or no? I, I, tag, I tagged them in my post. Tagged them. Um, yeah. So basically what my post said was, um, this guy's been a longtime photographer for the Houston Rockets. Um, I've known him since my, my Comets days when I played. He's, you know, worked with him. Um, and then I kind of said something to the same lines of Maurice Taylor. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, it's amazing how you think someone is one way and then their true colors come out. And I said, um, at NBA, at Houston Rockets, he needs to go. I was just going to ask, since and this, this happened, have you had, has he reached out to you, uh, Bill mm-mm. Baptiste? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think <laughs> no, you would, but <laughs> that won't happen. That won't happen. No. What would um, you say to, what would you say to him? I mean, if you had a well, chance. But, to- but I, let me, let me, I want to finish responding to what I was saying. Um, and then I'll answer that. But so when I posted that, I, I left it and never went back to it. 
my phone immediately started blowing up. Um, I had people from Nike that I work with who reached out to me and said, please send this to me. Um, and, and just other people throughout the league, um, who were like, thank you. Good for you. Um, and somebody who happened to be in Orlando got my post, got it to the people at the NBA. And the next day is when they made the decision. So, I mean, the only way I contacted them was when I tagged them on my post. Um, and here, here's a crazy thing. And, and I'm saying this is a joke in a way, but I never, ever realized the power that I held. You know, when people say, I got him fired, I'm like, wow. Well, then if I have that much power, why can't I get a job in the NBA or the WNBA? You know what I mean? I was like, no, his actions got him fired. And at some point, like, just like I hold my kids accountable and people hold me accountable, people have to be, have to start being held accountable for their actions. And, and because if they're not, nothing's ever going to change. Like enough is enough. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I would, my first question to him would be why? I mean, you say this, this doesn't reflect who you are and these aren't your beliefs. So why post it on your page without any explanation? Because right. I, I, I would like to, not that he posed me that answer, but if we sat down and had a conversation, that would be my first question. And I would love to have a dialogue with him about why, why that's not okay to me. Cheryl, I have a question for you. Um, you know, on this mm-hmm. podcast, we've talked to authors and uh, professors who've been fired for expressing views. Um, and, and maybe not specifically in the situation with Bill Baptiste, but you, you touched on this earlier when we started this conversation. What's the line, in your opinion, between people expressing their personal opinions and their professional life? Right, because we're kind of dealing with that in another way right now with the WNBA and the NBA. So where where does that line draw, um, and 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 when does someone cross the line where their personal beliefs are going to affect their professional life? Well, I think for, for me, when I when I played, and. There, there were certain things that I, even even if I felt felt a certain way, I would keep it to myself because I looked at it and said, "I'm representing a much bigger audience, a much bigger picture than just me." Um, and and honestly, I I'll say this now: I worried way too much about what other people were going to think about me if I voiced my opinion on things. Um, and, and what I will say is to the NBA players and WNBA players and just athletes in general today, um, the stance that they have decided to take, I salute them. Cause at some point athletes hold a lot of power. Um, and at some point, if, if they don't start realizing that and using that, um, 
things are never going to change. Um, so I, I look at, I, I, I look at Bill and his situation. Um, the reason why I feel what Bill, you can post whatever you want to post, but you, you made it public. So when you make it public, you're now putting yourself out there for people to, I, I, I don't say judge because that's only God can judge us. <laughs> but when you put it out there, given your job, your career, where you are, who you are working with, and also not to mention this climate we're in, you have to know, you have to be aware of the injustice that's going on with black people right now. So the unfortunate thing is, <clears throat> right or wrong, the unfortunate thing is, Bill, because of your position, working for the NBA or covering the NBA, um, covering a majority of black athletes, that's it. You're putting yourself out there when you're calling a black woman a hoe. But I'll say this, because I, I said this to someone, I don't care if it would have been um, Senator Warren. Like, it, it, it wasn't just because she was a black woman. It was a woman. And it happened to be someone that the night before, Joe Biden had just announced his, his running mate. And now you're putting it out there that, I don't know. I don't know what his intentions were, um, but it's not okay. So when you say what's like, there, there is a fine line and some people will say it's a double standard. We won't even talk about that. I'm not going to talk about double standards because black people deal with double standards daily. But when, when I played, there were just certain things I said, well, I might feel that way, but I can't post that because the league will probably not be okay with it. The league's going to frown upon it. Nike's going to frown upon it. But you know what I will say in response to that? And they probably would have. Today, times are different. It, to me, that's just, that's just what it is. I, I, and I see that when I, when I see what the NBA players are doing, the WNBA players are doing, the league's behind them, Nike's behind them. So I just, I think you have to look at, at your career, who, who you're representing and what their standards are for, for you to be able to just post whatever you want to post. Just listening to you and your perspective about particularly the league, because now we're seeing athletes take stances that they've never taken before. You know, we've seen hints of it in past history, you know, with, um, you know, with the Olympics and the Black Fist. We've seen things like that. But now where you're actually mm -hmm. watching players walk off courts, you know, they are literally, they're taking a knee on the field. Um, we're, we're in a very sensitive time um, in history. So what, I, what I'm curious about, for you, Cheryl, is, you know, you've been, you've been through a lot, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, but 
you know, this is the first time you've kind of experienced cancel culture in a kind of on a public platform. So I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts overall about cancel culture? Because some people feel like it doesn't exist. Some people say it does exist. But I mean, here you are, you took a stance. You got the hate messages. <laughs> um, so see, and, and even in, in responding to this question, I, I, I stop and think before I answer. Because some people take this and be like, oh, but here's what she said. Um, <laughs> the, the times we're living in today are scary. Um, here, here's what I think is different when you talk about sports and players boycotting and you're right in the Olympics. With, you know, I, I didn't think we'd ever have a, to me, there were two, it may be more, but that I can remember two major, huge athletes that made a difference, but didn't get the credit they deserved. Muhammad Ali and Colin Kaepernick. Muhammad Ali from back in the day, Colin Kaepernick from today. The difference is no one really stood by Ali, not really. No one really stood by Cap, a handful. Today, it's not just black athletes. There are white athletes. Um, there are Cubans in baseball, Hispanics, Asians. Um, Naomi Osaka is what, black and Asian, I mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Yesterday, her post. And not only that, when you look at the protests that's going on, the, the marches that's going on, it's not just us. You have white, you have Asian, you have Indian, you have Chinese, you have black, you have Hispanic. But they're different from their parents. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I used to be naive, even when I played. I used to be naive and saying, oh, no, no, racism doesn't exist. But you know why I was naive and racism didn't exist in front of me? (laughs) Because I was an athlete. I was a great athlete. And regardless of if it was white people, Mexicans, black, it didn't matter the race. They were coming to watch this black girl perform and entertain them. Now that I no longer play, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just another black person. I'm not an athlete. I ain't entertaining anybody. I, to them, I don't really have a value. So when, when, I, when I said what I said about athletes understanding the power they have. I didn't understand that when I played because every race in America loves sports and they're going to watch sport just for the entertainment. So when, when the teams decided yesterday, we're, we're not going to entertain you. 
to me, that was, that was huge. And then people said, well, what happens if they come back and play? I'm never going to be the way, person to By the way, Cheryl, we have, we have breaking news because uh, I just got an alert. So they did decide to resume, resume the playoffs. It. I heard it earlier. I oh, okay. Oh, you be, all right. Well, you beat me to it. <laughs> I just no, I got it. it <laughs> but I'm never going to tell someone to play or not to play. That's your livelihood. You still have a family to feed. But I'm going to stand behind you because those are my brothers and sisters. And what, whatever decisions they make, I'm going to stand behind you and support you. As a, and people want to talk about being a black man in America is terrifying. No doubt about it. I got a husband. I got two boys. I got brothers. Every single day I wake up, it terrifies me that they're not going to come home. That's real. That's not something that's made up. It's real. And if people want to pretend that racism doesn't exist, you're living under a rock. And this is just something you're hoping doesn't exist. Because if we're going to be real, (laughs) to me, this is just my opinion, okay? I want to make sure everybody knows it's my opinion. If something doesn't change, drastically soon the world that we know is going to change at some point it has to because i i I just don't know how much longer we as black people african americans whatever you want to call us can just sit back And every day or every other day, watch one of us be murdered for no reason. And I know this is a little off topic, but then you you look at what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm not even talking about Jacob Blake being shot. I'm talking about the 17-year-old that's walking down the street with a a, a long-arm rifle, walking up to the police. And they did nothing. And you have people saying he just, not only did he shoot somebody, he just killed somebody. Then they let him drive all the way back to Illinois before you arrest him. And then you have a man, I think 29 year old, 29 years old. I don't, here's my thing. I don't, I don't know what happened prior to what we saw on video with Jacob Lake. What I do know is what I saw didn't warrant him getting shot in the back seven damn times. There's no way. There's no way anybody, any human with a heart can look at that and say he deserved it. Let's not even talk about his three kids that will be traumatized for the rest of their lives. But does that matter? So when people bring up this whole blue lives matter. Listen, I read something the other day and and I'm not making a joke about it because this is all real to me. Somebody said, you weren't, you weren't born blue. (laughs) I was born black. So, so there's no such thing as blue lives. 
You're talking about police. I, I know what you're talking about, but it's not blue lives matter. Of course, all lives matter, black, brown, white, orange, green. But until people, when people wanna say all lives matter, can we first acknowledge the fact that black lives matter? Two, you can put two on the end of that so that people can understand what that really means. Cheryl, I have I, a- I wake up. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I just have a, a question and I hope this isn't too much of a, a devil's advocate question, but my question is this, and I'm a lifelong sports fan and I remember sitting with my dad and we used to just love watching Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali with Howard Cosell mixing it up. And of course, there was a huge uh, social justice component to Ali, um, but it never really was in the actual sporting event, right? Like when he went into the ring, he did his job. Is there a danger that you see at some point when it's one thing when athletes use their platform? to call for change, right? But now it's mm -hmm. kind of seeping into the games themselves, right? So you have WNBA players who are walking off the court during the anthem. Um, you had the suspension of games yesterday. Is there That's a risk true. that... That's well, not true with the WNBA players. They didn't, they didn't walk off during the anthem. They never okay. came out. Oh, okay. I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I said that because people, no, people I appreciate have said that. Okay, I'm just reading. Yeah, I, I I probably read an article too quickly, so thank you for correcting me on that. But is no there problem. is there is there a danger in the long run that um, because people do go to sports for escapism for entertainment, that if there's too much of a mix, that at some point it's going to, you know, we, we see some of the ratings for the NBA playoffs during this uh, this uh, you know the this sort of in the bubble that have been down. Is there a risk that, um, that ultimately it's going to impact the leagues and, and revenues and it's going to sort of shrink the pie? Or does that even matter? And, that, and that's the problem. It, everything, everything come, everything's about the dollar. It's not about lives. Like, I can't even name all of the black lives that have been just murdered. Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, George Floyd. Those are just the, the most recent ones, right? So it's, it's just a buildup of one after another, after another, after another. Personally, I thought after George Floyd that things would, would change a little bit or get a little bit better. And here we are again, having the same conversation. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's a danger as far as us hurting lives and impacting lives and things like that. The danger is when you're talking about the NBA losing money, the WNBA losing money, Nike losing money, all of these big companies and corporations losing money. That, that's, what, that's what people are upset about. They're not upset about George Floyd being murdered live on social media. They're not upset about the, the kid in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that walked down the street and murdered two people. And to me, that, that's where the problem is. Like, everything can't be about money. I, I have a question, uh, Cheryl. I'm, I'm curious to know, because I, he I, I hear what, what you're saying, and... Um, 
I'm curious to know what's your stance and your point of view for uh, as we're seeing the work of the Black Lives um, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know that tends to be you know some people agree with the work they're doing, some feel that it can be improved. I'm I'm curious to know you know your thoughts. Well, I mean, everything can always be improved, right? <clears throat> And I don't, it doesn't really matter what, what you do. Somebody's always going to pick it apart and say, well, you should be doing more of this and more of that. And, you know, I've heard so much stuff about Black Lives Matter. Well, they're this, <laughs> which I don't agree with. Somebody was like, they're Black Lives Matter. You can go by. Black Lives Matter is a, a terrorist organization. Huh? Like, how? What, what I, I think one of the NBA players said it in their interview. We, we march, we protest, we kneel. To me, those are all peaceful ways of protesting, right? Colin Kaepernick knelt. That's what he did. And that was a problem. Um, players, are, players boycotted yesterday, and that's a problem. Black Lives Matter talks about Black Lives Matter, and we wear t-shirts, and, and we pray, and um, things are going to change, and, and, and they don't, like they haven't. I, I told a friend of mine yesterday, I said, I, I can't even, like I can't even tweet anything anymore. I can't post anything anymore. Not, not that I'm quitting and giving up. I just don't know what else to say. Like, I just don't have any, any more words. And to, to me, when I, when I think about what the NBA did yesterday, what the WNBA did yesterday, um, what Naomi Osaka did yesterday, um, Kenny Smith did yesterday. Did you see Kenny Smith walk off of TNT? Yeah, I saw that. Kenny Smith. Um, and I think there were a couple baseball teams. To me, that's powerful. And, and even, although they are, even though the NBA has said, yeah, we're, we're going to come back and we're going to resume playoffs and we're going to play. I don't think that changes how powerful what they did yesterday was because it got people talking. And at some point, like we, we got to talk about it. Somebody said to me, if you're, if you're silent, you're just as guilty. And I just <clears throat> listened to Doc Rivers post game interview the other day. And he said something to me and I'm going to try not to cry. Not to me, he said to all of us, as, as, as black people, why do we continue to love a country that doesn't love us back? And to me, that's pretty deep. Because <laughs> when we went to war, there were black people in war. We fought, we fought in a war. We protected our country. We still protect our country just like every other race does. But yet, we're not appreciated. We're murdered daily. 
our lives just don't seem, our, our lives have zero value to other people. And I, I just, like, I haven't posted anything or, or retweeted. I've retweeted some things, but I haven't posted anything because I'm tired of posting the same thing. And if, if all of these athletes continue to, and, and they, can, they can play and still do it, but if all the athletes continue to be unified and stick together and, and be on the same page, I do believe change will happen. Because the unfortunate thing is a lot of people, this was once told to me, um, there are two things that, people in power, right, respect or understand. And that's money and violence. And I don't think anybody wants it to go there, if that makes sense. So when players walk out and say, "Mm -mm, we ain't playing, like NBA lost a lot of money yesterday pretty big and 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 the last thing I want to say to that is <laughs> I heard I don't know who it was Jared Kushner or somebody said oh NBA just decided they want to take a day off of work yesterday but they can do that because they have a lot of money that wasn't the point like you don't you you don't get that wasn't the point but when I look at the WNBA players to me, what they did yesterday, and, and it's not to take anything away from any other sports league, but the WNBA was, it, it was huge because those ladies aren't making the type of money that Naomi's making, Major League Baseball, NBA. So that should show people and tell people that it's not about the money. It's about life. It's about caring. It's about having a heart. It's about being respected. Which we don't feel. Two things. One one thing I want to say, Cheryl. I I'm glad you brought up one thing in particular. Just now, you just said that it's not about the money. And then two, um, WNBA players do not make the same amount of money as NBA players. Like that's not even. It's not even on the same spectrum. So, mm-hmm. uh, so for them to really go and um, take this, you know, and, and participate and do this like they're losing out so one thing i i want to find out is more about your i understand you have a nonprofit and uh um i do so tell us excited about it i can tell look at those Um, eyes i get excited about it because first of all i never saw myself doing what i'm doing um and it's needed so my my nonprofit is called cheryl soups foundation for youth but Underneath my nonprofit, I have a program called Back to Our Roots. And what Back to Our Roots is, um, it's a nonprofit, as I said, but it's to educate and empower our African-American youth um, to, it's so crazy that I'm smiling because I think about where we are in everything that we just talked about. My foundation 
will hopefully help change that for our African-American youth. Um, so initially, which we're still doing, but we were actually taking um, kids back to Africa and teaching them wow. about our ancestral heritage, um, touring the slave dungeons, the last bath, W.B. Du Bois Museum, all of those things that we're not taught in school, right? Um, and to me, the reason why that's important is because our, all kids, right? Like I'm, I'm about empowering all kids, but I am black. I relate to, to my, my, my black boys and girls. And right now our kids are struggling with identity and trying to figure out where, where do I fit in this world? Do I belong? Adults are trying to, I'm trying to, I'm asking myself that question. You know what I mean? So the educational piece is, and once this pandemic and things are over, we're still going to do that. I have someone in, in Ghana actually that I'm working with. Um, so we will stay kind of on her little resort and do educational pieces. We'll bring people in that'll teach them about um, just the African culture and, and where we grew up. And, you know, does, we're able to have this conversation. This is what I tell my son. We're able to have this conversation because of, of our forefathers and our ancestors and the, the, the will and the fight and the determination that they had to, to live right? Because we lost so many on, on the ships and on the way over. And so I want, I want to educate our youth um, and teach them how powerful we really are. Um, you know, I said, we, we come from, from kings and queens and, and I want my kids, my, my, my black children, they're all mine, to, to really understand that and appreciate that. And the other side of that, which is what we're doing right now, is we're putting together field trips. And so we have a garden. Uh, we're actually farming. We're getting our chickens and some other animals. And we're going to teach our kids how to grow their own food. And in, in the process of doing that, we'll do field trips. We'll bring them out here. I know a lot of kids have never seen a, a horse up close, a goat, a donkey. Uh, but talk to them about being um, what, what it means to be self-sufficient and sustainable living um, and teaching them how to grow their own food. Um, in our garden right now, we have everything from eggplant, zucchini, squash, okra, corn, bell pepper, all of those things. Um, wow. And also teaching them how to grow it, how to keep it, how, and then how to cook it. Um, I just think our kids have gotten away from that or either they've never been taught that. And when I look at today's world and where we are, and honestly, since the pandemic hit, um, we've started doing a lot more and just being able to, even through Back to Our Roots, being able to help feed um, some of the homeless people here in Houston. Um, it's, it's not a lot, but when the pandemic hit, and I don't know about you guys, but when I went to the store, and saw that there were shelves that were empty and the produce was low and yeah. and yeah. also it's health it's healthier, but it's healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the processed foods that we're eating, um, it's making us sick. And you know, and Rob, you probably do too. I mean, with the pandemic, the African American community has been hit the hardest. So Absolutely. when I think about healthy living 
And to be able to grow our own food and teach our kids about why it's important that you understand what's in your food so that when something like this happens, um, you're still able to survive and you're able to eat healthy and you're able to take care of your body. You're putting good nutrients in your body. And that in turn is going to help your immune system. Um, those are just things that I feel like our kids aren't being taught. Um, and that's why I get excited when I think about it because I, I wasn't taught that growing up and I want to be able to leave something, um, for my two boys and hopefully they can pass it on to their kids. And, um, I appreciate you giving me time to, to talk about that because that's really important to me. No. So how, if someone wants to get involved, uh, where, how, how do they, uh, how do they find, is there a website or? My website. Mm-hmm. My website is. So share it. This is your platform. Bragging rights. <laughs> this is your bragging well, rights. My, here. The website, they can go to the website. Um, all the information is on the website and it's BTOR, which is back to our roots. 22. Do you know why 22? Let me see how good you are, Desma. That was your number. Oh, Okay. I lost my number. The website's btor22.com. Um, you, there's a place where you can, you can be a sponsor. And when I talk about being a sponsor is it's a sponsor where you can donate. You can choose anything from five, 10, um, up to however much you want to a month. Um, and what that will do once we are able to go to Africa, it will help sponsor a child um, to help get them to Africa with us. So I have, to, I have to end with the, uh, the basketball fan in me coming out, Cheryl. So when you do okay. come back to the WNBA, do you want to run a team or do you want to coach a team? <laughs> no, I don't want to coach. I, okay. I will tell you that now. Coaching's done over. My ideal dream would be to ultimately own a WNBA team and bring a team back to Houston. That sounds, that sounds amazing. So anybody out there that's listening, you want to bring a team to Houston, hit me up. <laughs> we are, we are so grateful that you, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on You're and for talking yeah. to us and for just being so open and, and, and passionate. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Really, I really. appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Here comes Cheryl, weaving through traffic, through three players, four, all the way in, dishes off to Coop for the bucket. Oh my goodness. I, I, there was, there, she hit on so many things all at once. Um, and I'm glad that she had the opportunity, she took the opportunity to sit down and talk with us because we're in a place right now where, as you hear me say this all the time, we have to do better. We have to. And here we are. Um, this guy, you know, Bill Baptiste fires off this tweet and she took a stance on it. And I'm actually, I, I'm proud that she actually, you know, said something about it. Yeah. I, I mean, for me personally, and, you know, and I pressed her a little bit on it. I, I, I struggle. I struggle with, um, you know, because I'm just personally an absolutist on free speech, but on the other hand, you are working, first of all, the meme is just, I mean, not only in just horrible taste, but also misogynist. Um, and it's not like he's an expressing an intelligent opinion, right? If he said, hey, I wish Joe Biden had picked 
Elizabeth Warren, and here's why, right? I mean, no, he wouldn't have gotten into any kind of trouble. Um, but he did a, he put up a demeaning uh, meme, and he's got to live with the consequences of that. I guess there's a little piece of me that just wishes that um, maybe it could have been done in less of a way that was so public and so shaming that maybe this could have just been sent off to the Houston Rockets directly because, you know, we didn't have a chance to talk to him and I think we try to reach out to him. But, um, you know, for him, I'm sure he's kind of gone into hiding and is going through that whole stretch of being doxxed and all those kinds of things, which doesn't excuse what he put up. Um, but I guess I wish that maybe it could have been handled in less of a public way. I can see that for sure. Um, but at the same time, he put himself out there. I mean, one thing that she said, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, is that it was his actions. You know, he made it public. So she shared her opinion. You know, look, sometimes people are just stupid and insensitive. And they are going to lose their job. He is working in a uh, in a business that is ninety percent African American, as Cheryl pointed out. And to post something like that and not expect for there to be re- repercussions, I, you know, look, I don't know what's in this guy's heart. I don't know if he thought he was funny. Uh, Cheryl said she went through his page, and there seemed to be a pattern of these kinds of posts. So, you know, I get it. Well, I'll just say this. I mean, that meme personally for me, it was the ultimate lack of respect. And and so we're at a historical point right now in in a in our in our society as far you know with this election coming up. There's like a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. I mean, and the hopes is to that the right person gets elected. And I just feel that, and I I'm pretty I'm pretty fired up about this, Rob, because I just I just feel like you know, if you're going to get into this political not, if you're going to get into posting these political memes and what, make it with, with a purpose. You know, what, right. what he posted made no sense whatsoever, except for the fact that he's not a fan. That's what that meme told me. All right. Well, this was a, a fascinating discussion. Um, gave me a lot of things to think about. And, uh, you know, it's a tough line. You know, when is that line when free speech crosses over and is going to get you canceled and it gets you canceled in a way that's justified? Um, More episodes to come. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Rob Rosen. I'm the executive producer of Reasonable Doubt on Investigation Discovery and The Dead Files on the Travel Channel. And I'm Desma Simon. I am the co-executive producer of Reasonable Doubt on ID and a longtime television producer and a a huge fan of exploring and telling authentic stories. Right. Thanks for listening and think before you post. Indeed. <laughs>